In three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Gray, the podcast about the light, the dark, the hilariously obscene, and everything in between. We are your hosts. My name is Dylan, and that's Emily. Hey. All righty, here we go. Episode 33. Yeah. Wow. Well, here we are, Em. Here we are. Once more into the bridge, dear friends, once more. What? Shakespeare. I didn't take that class. <laughs> you did. You just slept in it. <laughs> you just slept through that class. I didn't sleep through it. I just... You're right. You're, you Pinterested your way through it. No. That was um, theater history. Ah. I hope none of us listened to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, it, I'm sure it's fine. I tried hard, but 8 a.m. was just not an ideal hour for me. For most people. 8 a.m. was theater history, and I feel like that was one of the classes I need needed to be most awake for because it's sitting down. Like, when True you that. have an 8 a.m. dance class, well, some days it was really hard to move your body, but, like, you kind of wake up while you're... You have right. to. At the end of the class, your body's moving. Yeah, at the end of the class, you're awake. At the end of a sit down class, like oh, theater I history just, or advanced writing, I just writing. sat there and I was like, "Oh, good night." Yeah, it's tough. Or maps at eight a.m. <laughs> wow. Anyway, we're bad students, and uh, welcome to Gray. Here we are. Yeah, no one cares about that. Everyone signed off. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, and next show. And next show. <laughs> Moving on. Who else posted an episode today? Anybody? <laughs> Anybody. Bueller. But hey, we did start new TV this week. We did. The Flight Attendant on HBO Max. So good. So stinking good. Also, if you're a fan of Sabrina, what's her name? Lilith. The guy that plays Lilith. The gal that plays Lilith is on it. Is in she, it. And oh, she's real good. She's, she's good in good. everything but she does. Everything. Everyone on that show. I know the Lee girl. Um, she played Penny in Big Bang Theory. I can't remember her full name. She's got a weird last name. I know. I don't know her name, but um, real good, like a real dedicated. Yeah. Actress. She just like commits to everything. Mm-hmm. Anyway, if you're looking for something with twists and turns, like right off the bat, that's the show. We also watched. Um, was it? Is it called History of Swear Words? Yeah, the history of swear words hosted by Nicolas Cage. <laughs> it's funny. It's a good show. There's a lot of good. Uh, there's a lot of good content there. So much I didn't know. Right. I and feel like I don't. Still don't need to know it. But exactly. I'm happy that I do. But you did, you never knew. You never knew you would uh, be taking a history class uh, at this age. I feel like this podcast is a history class. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Well, the, the beauty of this one is you get a little bit of both. You get a little bit of history, and you know it can be—it's a wide range of history. And then you That's get true. stuff that happened pretty recently, around the time of each episode airing. So. True, 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 true. Okay, and so we've got an announcement that da, we promised. Da, da, da. <laughs> um, our website is going to be up February first. Woo! No matter what. No matter what. We've set a deadline for ourselves. And it will be there. <laughs> um, and we also have some... The Patreon will follow the website. Shortly not, after. Shortly after. It's not quite ready, but we've got some really, really fun ideas. 
planned for that. And one of those ideas is extra content for you. The idea is we'll uh, we'll be posting episodes of a show called Alternate Gray. Working I don't know title. if that's the it's name. a working title, but that's the basic idea for it. That's the title we came up with at the beginning. That might change. Uh, and the idea behind Alternate Gray is that Emily's going to do what I do, and I'm going to do what Emily does, and we'll do that once a month. Just for Patreon. Just for the Patreon. Um, and that will be one of many different things you'll be able to access if you decide to support us on Patreon. So we will keep you updated on what that looks like um, in the near future. But like Emily said, expect the website February 1st. The link for the website will be posted in every bio for every episode um, in the past and all future episodes. So it will be easy to find it. Yes. And with that, should we go into my story? I believe so. What do you got this week? So I've got the murder of Lacey Peterson. Lacey Peterson. And you know this story kind of. Okay. It's loosely based. Or no. <laughs> the thing I know it from is loosely based on this? Yes. I was going to say the murder was loosely based on. <laughs> oh, good. Yes. <laughs> um, so the movie Gone Girl. Oh, yeah. And the book. Right. Um, the author was inspired by this story. I see. I see. It's not, definitely not, like, accurate. Right. It's just based on. Yeah. Based on these events of Lacey Peterson. Lacey? Yeah, Lacey. So, Lacey Rocha was born on May 4th, 1975. Lacey's parents owned a dairy farm in California. Lacey was a cheerleader in high school and, like, middle school, junior high. Gotcha. Um, And she created... She graduated and went on to California. <laughs> Cut. So she graduated and went on to California Polytech State University. And while she was there, she had a friend that worked in a restaurant nearby called Pacific Cafe. <laughs> We're working our mouths up. It's fine. Hmm. Pacific Cafe? Yes. Fun. That sounds super fun. And that's where she met Scott Peterson. Oh, love. In 1994. Um, So Lacey made the first move by slipping Scott her phone number. And after meeting him just once, she told her mom, I've found the man I'm going to marry. Is that what you told your mother? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. I had to, I had to see, I had to analyze (laughs) <laughs> my situation yeah oh you for a while uh-huh you had to go through a series of tests did i yeah i don't remember these tests well, of course you don't they weren't given to me <laughs> no they were <laughs> <laughs> you just don't know <laughs> you're still taking them <laughs> that i believe <laughs> um so scott of course called her uh from the phone number that she gave him and on their first date they went deep sea fishing how romantic. I was going to say, that's not a thing I would take you on. Well, it's not exactly a thing Lacey wanted to go on either because she got seasick. Perfect. How romantic. Very. No. Um, he got to hold her hair back while she threw up. Great. What do you say? What no, I mean? see, that, this is an example of a test you passed. This was not our first date. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Scott had dreamed of becoming a professional golfer. But as his relationship with Lacey grew, he started to focus more on a business career. Follow your dreams, man. I know. And also I'm like, okay, well, then that's not a good relationship. Lacey, yeah, that's Lacey being like, "Mm, golfing's not going to 
Hey. Well, don't be too hard on Lacey. Fair enough. <laughs> just, just a heads up. Okay, so and after two years, they moved in together. And right around the time they moved in together, Scott started his first affair. Ah. He um, had at least two others that we know of. So eventually they got married in 1997, which I guess everyone that attended seemed they were very happy, the very happy couple on their wedding day, I would hope. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then the couple opened a sports bar called The Shack. Oh, that's cool. Well, it was unsuccessful. Oh, never mind. (laughs) So in 2000, they moved back to Modesto, California. They moved into an upscale neighborhood and they had plans to start a family. Lacey became a part-time substitute teacher and Scott got some kind of job at a fertilizer company. I had no idea what he did for these people, but... Like on the business side? Yeah. Oh, okay. So he's probably working in... Like an office. Yeah. Something. They also got a golden retriever named Mackenzie. That's kind of cute. And they had two cats and I didn't learn their names. Well, that's because we're not cat people, so... There you go. Sorry, cat people. Uh, Lacey loved cooking and entertaining. She was kind of like the Monica. I'm always the hostess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then in 2002, she found out that she was pregnant. Wow. And Scott and Lacey planned to name the baby Connor. Um, While Lacey was seven months pregnant, Scott started having another affair with somebody named Amber Frey. So Scott had often gone out of town for work. And so he'd go on like a bunch of business trips and that's when he met Amber and went on his first date with Amber. They planned to meet at a bar and then they were going to go to a restaurant. But when Amber gets to the bar, Scott says, I've been in this suit all day. I just want to go back to my hotel room and so I can shower and change. One thing led to another. Well, and Amber's like, um, okay. And so they go back to the hotel, and Scott pulls out a bottle of champagne. Shocking. Wow. Um, And then he even puts a strawberry in the champagne. Scott, ever the romantic. No, you know what? I was thinking about this, and I would be pissed, first of all. If you were her? If you were Amber? Yes. Yeah? Because I'm hungry. (laughs) That's his plan. You're going out to eat. He knows she's hungry. Open up the bottle of champagne. I guess. He's a tool. That's what I'm that's the point I'm I making. I guess, but here's the deal. I would just be pissed. So I'd be sitting there like, okay, thank you for the champagne, but I'm starving because I know that I was supposed to go out to eat. Um, do you have more strawberries back there? <laughs> Not champagne soaked strawberries. Uh but they leave the room or they leave the hotel room and they go to a karaoke bar and then they go back to the hotel and have sex. Oh, but I still haven't heard anything about getting actually food here, so I would... Well, if they went to karaoke bar, it's probably like shitty bar food. Yeah, but I'd still just be pissed. I would be... This date would have been done a long time ago. <laughs> it's because you have higher standards. Oh, I just want to eat. Eating is a standard. Eating that, is a... That is that's, a that's, that's what I'm saying. You know it. That yeah, is a well, standard. I, <laughs> literally, I, before we started recording, she was like, God, I can't wait for dinner. <laughs> now, I reach a certain point, and then I'm done. Mm-hmm. You have a, a short window of time to feed me. <laughs> Before Evelyn shows up. (laughs) I I, I make it a point to see Evelyn as little as possible. (laughs) So the next date, he cooks for her. 
which I would have demanded. I would have been like, okay, well, we're going to go out again. That actually means there's food involved. I don't think she cared though. But he did all this romantic stuff and Amber the whole time had no idea that he was married. Perfect. Amber, then they kept, they started dating and Amber was fully thinking that this was somebody that wanted to settle down and have a family. Little, little, little did she know he, he already, already had a family. He already did. <laughs> and she thought that, oh, this is a guy that, you know, wants to settle down too. This is going to be the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. So Amber asked him to have Thanksgiving. Oh shit. With her family. Yeah. <laughs> and he says that he can't because he'll be fishing in Alaska with his dad. Which could be true. It wasn't. Well, yeah, I know he has his obviously. I mean it, it was a good lie. Yeah. Um and then Scott calls after the Thanksgiving trip. No trip. No the non trip. The non trip. <laughs> um the trip to his dinner his own kitchen. Yes. Scott calls Amber and says that he has to tell her something. He says that he was married, but his wife died. Oh, my God. <laughs> so he's a widower. And he also tells her that Christmas was going to be a really hard time this year because this is the first year without his wife and that he was going to go to France for Christmas and New Year's just to kind of pretend Christmas and New Year's didn't even happen. But he actually said this because he actually has to be with his very alive, very eight and a half months pregnant wife. <laughs> For Christmas and New Year's. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just stressful. It's just the balls it takes to, <laughs> to lie like that. Not the balls, the stress. How do you manage that? He would need, like, well, that's a what planner. I'm... He'd need to write everything down, <laughs> everything he's ever said down. That's what I'm saying. It takes balls to handle that kind of stress. I don't think he wrote it down, though. I don't think he cared. I'm sure he didn't. I'm sure he didn't. No, because here's the deal: dudes are stupid. All of the all of the all the guys in the world ever are stupid. <laughs> okay, you think you would write it down because you're a smart person, you're a smart woman. Dudes don't think about stuff like that. We're like, I'll remember. Do we? Seventy-five percent of the time, no. <laughs> no, you don't. But I remember things for you. I know you do. It's scary. I remember everything. I know you do. I know. <laughs> okay, you don't got to remind me. Just making sure you remember. Oh, how can I forget? <laughs> Okay, so on December 8th, Scott buys a 14-foot boat. I thought you were about to say 14-carat ring, and I was like, oh, my God. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He just buys himself a boat. That's not a huge boat. That's actually a really small boat. Well, it's bigger than our boat. We don't have a boat. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Which was kind of a strange purchase. 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 Man, words are hard. Purchase. Man, words are really hard today. Well, you got it, baby. Purchase. Thank you. <laughs> because Scott and Lacey were having a little bit of money problems. Plus, you know, they're having a baby, baby in like a month, which is already a money problem. <laughs> well, it is. <laughs> so that was just a strange little tidbit. Also, I think on December 14th, but it could be a different date. I didn't write it down, but I'm remembering it right now. <laughs> um... Scott goes to a Christmas party with Amber <gasps> and they've got pictures taken together. They look really cute. They're with Amber's friends and I think some of Amber's family and they're like, oh, what a cute couple. And on the same night, Lacey goes to a Christmas party by herself because she thinks her husband has to work late. 
What a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What a cool guy. Best friends with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we are jumping to December 23rd. Lacey is preparing for Christmas, and she's especially excited. And she's <laughs> especially excited. She's especially excited. I don't even think I'm drinking, but I'm drinking water. <laughs> it's vodka. Straight vodka in her, oh. in, her, in her glass. I would not be able to talk. <laughs> so she's especially... She's especially excited because they're planning on having Lacey's side of the family over for Christmas dinner. And they're going to have Scott's family over for Christmas brunch. Oh, fun. Yeah. So they're planning... She gets to be the host. She gets to be the host. Yeah. Host with the most. And she's all excited. So, of course, she's excited about hosting. And so she goes to her half-sister's hair salon to get haircuts. Um, her and Scott go. Sorry. I was like, yeah, I'm sure she's getting all of them cut. Yes. All of her hairs. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, her and Scott go to her sister's hair salon so they can they can look their best for Christmas. Obviously, because why wouldn't you want to look the be- your best for Christmas? Unless you're me and I just, you know. I make you get haircuts before Christmas. You just don't know. I'm learning a lot tonight about what my life is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like, right around the time, I'm like, you should get a haircut. Just <laughs> a puppet master. I'm just a puppet. <laughs> just working all the strings. Um, so they go get haircuts. Yeah, so go get haircuts. And then they go home and have pizza. Yum. Yes, I know. I'm oh, hungry. I want pizza. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they fall asleep in bed watching TV. Sounds I've never, very I've never similar done that to us. I've never done that before. What are you talking about? Okay. So, okay. So, December 24th, Lacey gets up around 7.30 and Scott gets up around 8. Lacey's watching Martha Stewart and learning how to make a cookie recipe that she wants to make for Christmas. Uh, apparently, Martha Stewart was one of her favorite TV shows. Well, yeah, I'm sure because it's like about homemaking. Yeah. Um, and around 9, Scott left to go fishing and while Scott was gone, Lacey was planning to take Mackenzie, their dog, for a walk. At around 10.30, neighbors say they had seen Lacey and Mackenzie walking. And close to 11, another neighbor found Mackenzie at the park alone. So the neighbor took Mackenzie back to the Peterson's house and put the dog in their, like, fenced-in backyard. Mm-hmm. And, which was very nice of that neighbor. That, yeah, wow. I, that's what I would hope someone would do if they found Penny. She's never getting away from us. That would never happen. That would never happen. But <laughs> enough people in this building know her that she knows. Well, maybe they don't know what unit she's in, but they know who her parents are. I don't know. I locked myself out of the building the other day. And That's the, the, woman only, recognized Penny the only you. reason someone let me in is because they knew the dog. <laughs> They're like, oh, I'll let Penny in. Of course. <laughs> never seen this lady in my life before. <laughs> she's a little superstar. She is. So Scott's been... Out on his boat fishing. Right, all day so far. Yes, and at 2.15, Scott starts driving back to their house, and he tries to call the home phone, um, but Lacey doesn't pick up. So he calls back again and leaves a message. And it says, hey, beautiful. Actually, do you want to read the message? You want me to read the message? Is it my turn to monologue? Yeah, it's in blue. I'm so nervous. (laughs) Hey, beautiful. I just left a message at home. Uh, it's uh, 2.15. I'm leaving for Berkeley. I won't be able to get to Vela Farms to get that basket for Papa. I was hoping you would get this message and go on out there. See you in a bit, sweetie. Love you. Bye. Nailed it! 
Okay, so that's the message he leaves on the answering machine. Scott gets home around 5, and he sees Lacey's car is in the driveway. And he sees Mackenzie's in the backyard with her leash still on. Oh, yeah. I guess she would. Yeah, because neighbor just the got neighbor her in there. just put her in there. But Lacey's not there. But he didn't think too much of this because he thought, well, maybe her parents picked her up and went to the grocery store to prep for dinner. Right. So he took a shower and he puts his clothes that he was wearing that day in the wash and washes them right away. Fish smell? Well, he said it smells like fish, but I have literally never done that in my life. Well, yeah, but maybe they're just weird about it. Some people are weird about it like that. Same thing like with campfire smell. It's also super sketchy and who knows why he did it. But what I'm saying is it's not completely out of the question. No. If she's pregnant, she is pregnant. If she's pregnant and her (laughs) sense of smell is heightened, maybe that smell upsets her. That's true. Um, But also it's probably a sketchy reason. Or is he trying to get rid of evidence? Right. Oh, 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 that's not where I thought we were going with that. But you're... Hmm. <laughs> um, so after a shower, but that's the thing with this case. It's like each little piece of evidence is both ways. Like mm-hmm. you could justify it either way, and it's so frustrating. Okay. <laughs> so after a shower and laundry, after a shower and he, the laundry was done, uh, he listens to the messages on the answering machine, and he hears. His message message first to Lacey, mm-hmm. and then he hears a message from Lacey's stepdad asking Lacey if they had any whipped cream at their house or if they needed to stop on the way to pick up some. So that made Scott know that Lacey wasn't with her parents. Dun, dun, dun. So he starts looking for Lacey, and apparently he was knocking on neighbors' doors. He went to the park to see if Lacey had maybe hurt herself. She's eight and a half months pregnant right she could have fallen down or is having the baby right um and he calls Lacey's parents and Lacey's mom called nearby hospitals and then they couldn't come up with anything so ron Lacey's stepdad calls the police the police get to the house in between six and seven and they start to look around but nothing really looks out of place it doesn't look like there was a struggle in the house. Well, right, because she went missing on her walk with the dog. <clears throat> or did she? Well, the neighbor said they saw her, right? Yes. Did I misunderstand that? Yes. Um, some people think that the neighbor saw what they wanted to see. Oh, okay. But we'll get to that in a second. So the police do find, the only weird thing they find is the police do find a phone book with an entire page that was open of defense lawyers. Oh, that is weird. Like, that's the page it was open to. Right. Other than that, the only thing that was weird was how Scott was acting. Oh, really? He... he <laughs> acting was, weird like Ben Affleck in the movie? Yeah. <laughs> he was just very relaxed. Um, he wasn't acting like... Right. Oh, so he wasn't like... Um, he wasn't concerned. He wasn't concerned. Um, the one thing he did get mad as someone put one of their drinks down on a table and he wanted a coaster to be under the table. And he also didn't like it when people took pictures of his things. So he was more concerned about his things than his missing wife. That is weird. But again, here's another one of those times. Maybe that was his way of dealing. Maybe that. Yeah. And who's to say how someone deals with something like that? Right. But again, could go either way, like you said. 
So the police bring him in for questioning under the idea that they were like, we just have to clear you right away. Mm-hmm. So get that out of the way. We can move on with the investigation. Yep. He told the police that him and his wife were very happy and excited for the baby to come and that he had absolutely nothing to do with this. They asked him to take a polygraph. And at first he says he will, but his family later said that's probably not a good idea. And it's not a good idea to take a polygraph. Polygraphs suck. We have proved that here. Polygraphs yes. are dumb. I would not have taken the polygraph either. Did he end up doing it? No. Okay. He ended up saying no to that. Gotcha. So on December 26, the media learns about the disappearance of Lacey. And the so story, this is two days later. Yes. Okay. The story blows up. The Peterson house is surrounded by reporters and camera crews literally 24 hours a day. <laughs> that would suck. Yeah. And there's such a huge search for Lacey. There's a ton of search teams that are put out. They have dogs. They have divers checking for in nearby bodies of water. They literally have a police team on horses. Oh. Looking. Uh, what are they? Mounties? Yes. <laughs> um, they've That's got, Canada, but. They've got people looking in manholes. They also checked with all the sex. She fell down the manhole? Was this a cartoon? I don't know. (laughs) I don't think they did either. They were like, they literally searched the entire city. They're looking for Wiley Coyote? What the hell? They, (laughs) (laughs) um, They searched or they checked all the sex offenders in the area, like questioned all of them. That's fair. Which I mean. That's actually pretty smart. You probably should do that no matter what. Yeah. Anytime anything happens anywhere, you should question the sex offenders. Like literally the entire city was searched. But Scott did not involve himself at all with the search efforts. He didn't even ask for updates on the search. Sketchy Scott strikes again. Which is just like, even if you are, he doesn't know that she's dead yet. Unless he does. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Like if, right. if your person is just missing. Oh my God, I wouldn't sleep. <laughs> you'd be I wouldn't th- sleep. 24 hours a day yeah. searching. Yeah. Like, There'd be no sleep for me. <laughs> they would have to force me, tie me down to a bed. Yeah, there's not, and there was just none of that. Weird. He just didn't care, or it seemed like he didn't right, care. Yeah, he, the impression. So the Roches, Lacey's parents, started to go on to t- started to go on TV, begging Lacey to come back, or if someone hazard to release her. But Scott didn't involve himself in that either, and so this led to the media and the police believing that Scott probably had something to do with her disappearance, and that led to detectives not looking into literally anybody else there was even a burglary right across the street on december 24th the day lacy went missing oh shit and they never looked into it what because of this whole thing they never looked into maybe there's a connection between oh i see the people that were robbing this house across the street right. and Lacey disappearing. Mm-hmm. Think he was staying off of TV so that Amber wouldn't find out that he was married? Well, we'll get to that. Oh, <clears throat> called it. All right, here we go. So now we're jumping to... God, I want to watch Gone Girl again now. Damn it. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Well, we can. We should. <laughs> <laughs> it is allowed. <laughs> I know. We should do that. Anyway, sorry. So December 31st, they hold a candlelight visual... And it was massive because there was was. so much media there. Everyone showed up. Everyone knew about it. And Scott was there, but he was acting strange. Of course he was. Again, he was laughing and looking like he was having fun. Not at all. Like Not a distraught husband? Yeah. That's weird. Yes. Also, on top of that, he calls his girlfriend Amber at the candlelight visual. 
And he told her that he's having a great time with his friends in France, Francisco and Pascal. He told her that he saw fireworks over the Eiffel Tower, and he just can't wait to see her when he gets back. (laughs) That was my heavy breathing into the microphone for those of you that don't know what the hell just happened. During his missing wife's candlelight visual. Okay, but what he didn't know is that Amber had been working with the police. (laughs) 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 Because she saw him on the news. And so she went to the police and was like, first of all, I didn't even know he was married. (laughs) I'm still laughing. Hold on. That's hilarious. Okay, Amber, I see you. Okay. She's not the villain in this at all. She's just another victim. I never thought she was the the, the villain. That's hilarious that she was like, excuse me, 911. I know this man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So she told the police. She's like, I had no idea who this person was. And she told them that she would work with them. Good for her. So she kept pretending that they were still great and in love. But the To poli- Scott. Yes. Yeah. But the police wired her phone. So they, she could, they, could, so they could listen to all the phone their phone calls. Mm-hmm. The police got 29 hours worth of recorded phone calls. Jeez. And then finally, January 6th, he told Amber the truth. And Amber was like, great. Okay, now I'm really going to ask him questions. Because <laughs> that's what she was waiting for. She had yeah. to keep up this stupid act. Yeah. When really, I'm sure she was heartbroken and hurt and mad. Uh, she sh- yeah, R- right, and rightfully so. But you know what? She channeled that energy real good. She did a really good job. She's like, bring it on. That's impressive. <laughs> no wonder this got turned into a kind of a movie. Because that's like some shit. Just Amber alone. Her reaction to this is like some shit you see in a movie. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so Amber was like, well, you said you lost your wife on December 9th. And now you're saying she's alive but missing? And he responds with, well, there are different kinds of loss. Oh, my God. So is he saying, like, on December 9th, she was lost to him? I don't know. I don't even know if he knew. He was just like... Scott, bro. <laughs> I think he's just like talking to talk. Yeah, absolutely. At a certain point. Yeah. And after Lacey's family heard about this affair with Amber, the family immediately went from defending Scott. So they were on Scott's side. They were like, no, he's a really good husband, a really good guy. Just a switch went. As soon as they heard about the affair, it went from defending him to literally on air asking Scott, why'd you do this? Why did he have to kill her? (laughs) Suck a dick, Scott. Okay. So Scott started doing interviews after this, trying to basically turn the attention away from himself and make it so he's like, no, you should be looking for my missing wife. Oh, then all of a sudden he cares? Well, don't pay attention to me. And so he did a bunch of TV interviews. Right. But it kind of backfired I'm on I'm sure him. it did because it was too late. So he did an interview with Diane Sawyer. Oh, wow. Who hated him from the beginning. Oh. Where he referred to Lacey in the past tense many times. And I just don't know if you'd refer... He's not good at this. No. <laughs> I just don't know if you'd refer to your wife that was missing. You wouldn't want to. No, absolutely not. You wouldn't want to say, well, she was great. She's she, not she, dead until she's dead. Well, you say she's great and I know she's out there and I... 
You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like you just would not. Absolutely. In your heart, I don't think you could. No, unless you knew something. Unless you knew something. And uh, Diane Sawyer, Sawyer called him out on it. Well, so Scott continues to tell Diane Sawyer that Lacey knew about the affair. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and he said that she wasn't happy about it, but it wasn't anything that would break them up. Gag me. Okay, Scott. And Diane responds with, do you expect people to believe <laughs> that an eight and a half month pregnant woman would just sit by and just go, I'm not happy, but it's okay. Get him, Diane. I'm not. Uh, that was paraphrasing. Get him. That's hilarious. <laughs> that was basically them. And he just responds with, well, you don't understand our relationship. Dumb. So. Stupid. That's the weakest argument. No, it's like, Scott, you clearly don't understand how a human brain works. Right. Absolutely. There's nothing else to nothing else to say. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> so, and then Scott continues to be a really, really, he continues to be a, a real dumbass. And he trades in Lacey's car <laughs> for a red pickup truck, continuing to make it seem like, one, he doesn't care. Two, he knows she isn't coming back. So then the story kind of, there's no new information. The police don't have enough to arrest him. Right. They don't, they have no body. Right. Until March 13th slash 14th of 2003. So that's just a few months later, yes, right? Yes, yeah. just a few months later. I don't know why I said 2003. That's uh, no, fine. Okay. They first find a fetus <gasps> with the placenta and umbilical cord attached. Mm. That was washed up on the shore. Oh. Kind of nearby where he was fishing that day. Of course. Or where like a where a stream would like end. Right. In that area. Yeah. Um, and the next day they find another body that was so like destroyed by the water. By the water that they couldn't even like ID her until they did like DNA. DNA was her, could they do dental? I don't know how they ID'd her. I don't know how they ID'd her. Oh, okay. But the next day they quickly ID'd that it was Lazy and Connor. Oh, their son. That's right. That's what they were Peterson. gonna name their son. And as soon as the police confirmed this, they immediately go to arrest Scott Peterson. Good. When they arrest Scott, they find that he dyed his hair blonde. He grew like a goatee mustache thing. Mm -hmm. He also had $15,000 cash in his car, his brother's ID, hiking boots, a fishing pole. And you know what you need for like every getaway? About a dozen Viagra pills. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Just in case well, you run into someone, a bear in the woods. Just throw them at the bear. <laughs> Take one of these. Oh, God. The bear would have no idea what the hell's going on. The bear would need to seek some serious veterinary attention. Okay. So he had excuses for all of these. Of course he did. He said he dyed his hair blonde to get away from the media. I'm sure he did. That's probably is, exactly why he did it. Which is true. Also, the police had seen him since he dyed his hair. Yeah. So it's not like he was trying to hide from the police with being blonde. Also, he said the $15,000, his mom gave him the $15,000 because his mom had borrowed that from him a while back. Mm. I think it's strange that it's in cash form, though, and not a yeah. check. Why wouldn't you write that in a check? Unless Why? he cashed the check. I. But you'd have to, I don't know. It's, not, it's weird that it was in it's cash form. It's weird no matter what. Yes. 
Uh, he said the ID was so that he could get a discount at the golf course that he was going to go to that day. That doesn't make sense, though. Oh, um, his brother must have been like a member at the golf course. Oh, I thought it was his brother's driver's license. I think it is. I don't know. That's weird. This is him talking. Yeah. So. No. Yeah. No. I know. <laughs> that's that's weird. That's a weird. Yeah. That's not a good reason. Um, Suck it, Scott. And I guess the fishing pole and the hiking boots had just been in his car for a long time. He just hasn't taken it out, which I've got things in my car. I was just going to say, I got crap in my car that needs to come out. That's just been sitting in there. So I feel that. Okay. So then the trial is starting and they're having issues with potential juries or jurors. Because everyone's got an opinion about it. Because everyone knows about it. Yeah. And so they immediately have to let go over 50% (laughs) because they know about it. Right. And then this something that happens is they also, they're like, this is going to be a death penalty case. So we are going to let go anybody that's even a little bit against the death penalty. But what you're actually supposed to ask is, even if you are not okay with the death penalty, would you be able to use the law the way it is? knowing that the death penalty could be a result of that. So basically what happened is they had a bunch of jurors that were like, yeah, death penalty. Our country's a fun place sometimes. It's cool. (laughs) And so that was their jurors. Also, they chose not to sequester them. Oh, really? They just let them do their own thing? Yes. That's not cool. So they were like, I mean, so they were like, you can't read the newspaper, you can't watch the TV. But I'm like, how do you control that if you're not you also can't talk to people about it but there's no control mm, of that if you don't put them in if you do not put them somewhere exactly this was such like a this case they wanted him for it this case was so like in the media and everywhere that it was impossible not to see it you turn on the tv and that's what you see right okay so the first prosecutor statement was that they believed that scott killed Lacey on the 23rd by strangling her and then on the 24th he moved her body into the truck and cleans the house puts Lacey's body in the boat and dumps her body while fishing mm-hmm. that explains the defense lawyers now mm-hmm. i just thought about that the defense lawyer page in the oh yeah phone book huh anyway continue but so. actually um he didn't have he didn't pay a defense lawyer because he said he couldn't afford it so they just a, a lawyer was assigned to him oh oh weird so too i don't know if that was passed. just like a strange coincidence i wonder if too much time passed and he thought he was gonna get away with it and so he spent all his money maybe but the defense argues that somebody at eight forty in the morning had been looking up a red scarf and a sunflower umbrella at the peterson house so somebody had the computer open and was like looking oh. at these things and they were like scott wouldn't look up those things also the martha stewart episode he was right about the cookies being lemon meringue cookies so that would mean that he woke up and turned on martha stewart which is not something that he would normally watch and researched um a red scarf and a sunflower umbrella also, neighbors had said they had seen her walking the dog. Right. Also, if did, she wasn't walking the dog, how did the dog get out? I was just going to say, with its leash on. Or was that part of his whole plan? Was he like, I'll let the dog out and say that's the story? Yeah, I don't know. Did that neighbor come forward and actually, like, yes, I, I put the dog back in the... I don't know anything else about the neighbor. Hmm. 
Maybe. That would be that would be a thing I would want to know. But it just keeps going back and forth like this. Like the prosecution was like, is like, okay, well then it happened in the morning, and then the defense is shoots it down another way, and it just keeps going back and forth like this. Like no, it doesn't. It's not working. So the defense started doing these experiments where they tried to throw off a weight of what Lacey would probably have weighed at the time off the boat. Yeah. That he had. Since it's such a small boat, the boat capsized literally every single time they tried to do it. Interesting. So when they tried to roll her off the edge? Yeah. The boat capsized. I guess from her from the weight of the body on the side of the boat. Right. But they also said that the body was sort of in pieces when they found it. Yeah. So are are they claiming that they think someone chopped her up a little bit? Maybe, but also if that happened, then it probably wasn't Scott because there was no like blood evidence anywhere. Well, yeah, but he washed his clothes. Still, there's you. There'd still be something. Yeah, there'd yeah. be something on the boat. There'd be yeah. there'd be no place for him to do that. Did they? And did they? They still had the boat, obviously. Yes. So they didn't check it for, or they, if they checked it for I'm bleach sure or they something. Did. Yeah. Um, but the judge wouldn't let that information into evidence. Oh, about the about capsizing the boat. boat? Oh, interesting. But for some reason, the judge decided to let in the evidence that dog, like sniffer dogs, found Lacey's scent at the marina. But the dogs, these dogs, had failed their sniffer tests. They weren't certified sniffer dogs <laughs> in the first place. And also, they only found the scent one out of three times. Also, her scent was probably there. She'd been to the marina a lot. Right. Yeah, they wanted Scott for this. Yeah. More than anything, they wanted him for it. Okay, so the trial was crazy. It just was back and forth, stuff like that, where, yes, maybe it's him. No, it's probably not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. And then the jury deliberated for nine days, and they came back with first-degree murder of Lacey and second-degree murder of Connor. Oh, shit. And a month later, they gave Scott Peterson the death sentence. So he's not... He was on death row until August 4th of 2020. Oh, shit. Where they took him off death row because they now have talked about how poorly run his trial was. And so his case is actually going to be retried. Wow. Yeah. When does it... Did they say when? They, I don't think they know yet because of COVID. Fair. Um, but he's not on death row at all anymore. Holy shit. But there is a potential when the case is retried that the prosecution could seek the death penalty again. I don't think that'll happen no. because they truly do not have any physical evidence. And that's the problem. Right. There's no physical evidence. The thing is, the thing that they do have, though, is that he said my wife is dead literally two weeks before she's dead he goes fishing in the lake where she was found where she was found i don't know there's just too many he's got a defense lawyer page open there's just too many things also nobody else had a motive to kill her yeah there's no unless yeah there's literally no reason i don't know this for the most part it's pretty much believed that scott strangled lacy sometime between the 23rd and the 24th and then dumped her body but whether or not they can actually prove that, they're not sure. Also, I heard from one of my sources that there was a string of killings and disappearances of pregnant women from 1999 to 2002 in an 80-mile radius 
of where it happened. Where it happened. Oh. So if it was a random serial killer and Scott Peterson has been in jail this whole time, then that really sucks. Holy shit. What if it turns out to be that? I don't know how they could even begin to prove that. Well, then the state owes him a lot of money. Yes. And that's the story of Lacey Peterson. That's wild. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Yeah, so Gone Girl is loosely based on that story. Yes. So, (laughs) Gone Girl, I mean, the idea of a guy who it really, really looks like he did it, Mm -hmm. and there's all this media and stuff... Oh, and he did have a girlfriend, a, a girlfriend in it too. He did. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I don't remember that part, but I'm sh- I'm sure. I remember everything. I, I know remember. you do. <laughs> <laughs> circle. But the difference in this one is that the Gone Girl in it actually planned the whole thing. Yep. But yeah, it's that whole thing of wow, he looks really guilty, but at the same time, he could be super innocent. Yeah. Maybe he just had a hard time dealing with the grief. Yeah, and that's the thing is like that was the biggest evidence against him is how he dealt with it. Oh, and one of the main things at the end of the trial was like the final argument they brought up Amber Frey and they talked about that relationship and that they were like that's the motive, and then they showed a picture of the Christmas party that the those two were at, and then they showed a picture. Of Lacey Peterson alone at the Christmas party she was at that night. And that just kind of solidified the decision. So I don't know. It's hard to say. Did he do it or not? But when this trial happens, I'll be excited to see what happens That's what from that say. new trial. Did they ever Did they ever have a psychiatrist look at him? I don't know. Um, and like talk to him about his grief? And like why he... Probably not because it was 2002. That'd be interesting to know. And I feel like in 2002... Mental, mental health, health was, not was taken seriously. way less a serious thing. It was almost a thing that wasn't you weren't supposed to talk about. Yeah. So probably not. Yeah, this probably would have been a totally different case today. Very interesting. Yeah. Thing to think about. Wow. What a mind. Beep. <laughs> yeah, my wheels are turning on that one. It, it is wild to me that they're reopening the case, and I might have to ask you about it when it happens. Well, that can be a new story from you. On alternate gray. no just kidding that'll be on the news section of our show Alrighty, moving right along now to the next section of our show okay stupid silly things (laughs) (laughs) that's the the name of this section now Uh, this one's not stupid or silly it's kind of up your alley actually Emily article published January 22nd of 2021 by Alice Hutton on Independent UK a haunted hotel where one of the most famous unsolved murders in the US took place 130 years ago has been put up for sale for $2 million and the brutal killings are a key selling point. Is this Lizzie Borden? In 1892, Sunday school teacher Lizzie Borden, 32, was accused of burying a hatchet in the skulls of her wealthy property developer father and stepmother at the luxurious home they all shared in Fall River, Massachusetts. We did this story. We did do this story. And here we are talking about the house that's for sale. Well, let's buy it. For $2 million? Sure. Uh-huh. Pocket change. (laughs) Someday. (laughs) While most buyers might balk at the idea of a home where the mutilated bodies of Andrew and Abby Borden were found, realtors for the Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast are actively appealing to those who are interested. Did you say two million million or two hundred million? Two million. Okay. Two million. Dull hairs. So this is a quote from a realtor, and it's kind of dumb, but ask me what's coming on the market. (laughs) 
wrote realtor Suzanne St. John in a comment underneath an Instagram post calling the 19th century Greek revival a turnkey opportunity for $2 million. Wow. In the listing for the New England tourist attraction, St. John wrote, Picture yourself serving fun hatchet cookies, tiny Johnny cakes, and a scrumptious breakfast to overnight guests who have just enjoyed an experience of a lifetime. You can even take a 3D tour. Whilst the tone may seem jaunty or macabre, I don't think I'm saying that word right. Macabre? Yeah, you are. Am I? Nice. Nailed it. Uh, The agents are complying with a real estate law in the state that forces them to reveal a property's gruesome background. It doesn't sound like they're trying to hide it at all. No, that's a selling point. Exactly. They literally said, Four states in the U.S. have disclosure laws about paranormal activity, including New York, New Jersey, and Minnesota, which I think is the four paws. Yes, it is. Which is, again, very close to where we live. (laughs) Yeah, let's go... (laughs) Go sneak in. <laughs> Sleep there overnight. No. The case behind the Borden House is one of America's most notorious mysteries. And again, we've talked about it. I don't need to tell you, tell you all the, the dirty details. You just go back and listen to that episode. Last year, this hotel was included on a list of top 10 haunted hotels in America by USA Today, as well as one of the creepiest places in the state by Thrillist. For the hardcore Borden fans, the sale could also be wrapped up with the Victoria property nearby where Borden moved with her sister after the murders, and which was listed for $890,000 since last September. So, two pieces of property, both revolving around the Borden case, on sale. That's if and you're interested, call the local real estate agent near you. <laughs> Well, I don't think you can call one near you. You have to call the right one. <laughs> ah, what are you talking about? They all work on the same ones, right? That's how real estate works. Nah. <laughs> oh. All right. Next up. Article published January 20th of 2021 by Adam Smith, also on Independent UK. This one's a little, little weird and a little scary for like where technology is going. Microsoft has been granted a patent that would allow the company to make a chatbot Using the personal information of deceased people. What? Do you know what a chatbot is? So think of like how, okay, for example, you had to talk to somebody on HelloFresh today because of a thing. Oh, yeah. And like that was a bot. Mm -hmm. Same idea, but they use, they take information about dead people so that it feels like you're having a conversation with that person. I feel like that wouldn't work. So the patent describes creating a bot based on the images, voice data, social media posts, electronic messages, and more personal information. The specific person who the chatbot represents may correspond to a past or present entity, or a version thereof, such as a friend, a relative, an acquaintance, a celebrity, a fictional character, a historical character, character, a random entity, etc. It goes on to say, so the bot will be able to do all these things. I feel like this could be dangerous. Mm-hmm. The specific person may also correspond to oneself. For example, the user creating slash training the chatbot, Microsoft also describes, implying that living users could train a digital replacement in the event of their death. I don't like it. This is weird, right? Microsoft has even included the notion of 2D or 3D models of specific people being generated via images and depth information or video data. Uh, I think you could make... Say you lose someone that's close to you and you can you can't move on. Exactly. It stops it it, it interrupts the grieving process yeah. entirely. Also, you could like create if it's like if it's your partner, you're never you think you can just go home and talk to this computer, you never recover. You never you recover think, and you never move on. You think you're in a relationship. Yeah. 
there's hundreds of movies about things like this and they all end poorly also if you can create like a you think you're talking to a celebrity you could like truly think you're talking to that celebrity yep and that could be that reminds me of the um rebecca schaefer case right where they actually think you're talking and that was just a letter that was just a letter yeah or like people that thought think celebrities are talking to them when they're on tv yeah so this is a fun tidbit i didn't actually know this in october of 2020 this just happened. Kanye West bought Kim Kardashian West a hologram of her late father, Robert Kardashian, to celebrate her 40th birthday, further cementing the idea of digital representations of the dead that can more authentically communicate with the living. The hologram spoke for around three minutes, directly addressing Kardashian and her decision to become a lawyer and, quote, carry on my legacy, end quote. Apart from Microsoft, other tech companies have tried to use digital data to recreate loved ones who've passed on. Eugenia Cuda, co-founder of technology company Luca, used 8,000 lines of text messages between her and friend Roman Mazarenko, and I butchered that name, I'm sorry, who was killed in a road accident to create a chatbot that mimicked this deceased person's way of speaking. I just think that sounds scary. It's a shadow of a person, but that wasn't possible just a year ago. And in the very close future, we'll be able to do a lot more. Other member, uh, this is what that um, Kiyuta wrote, but other family members found it difficult to connect with the chatbot. Yes, it has all of Roman's phrases, correspondences, but for now, it's hard. How to say it? It's hard to read a response from a program. Sometimes it answers incorrectly. But if they work on it and it gets better, it's going to be like you're talking to that person. And we don't need that technology. I don't think we need it at all. No, that's technology for technology's sake. This is something that could literally prohibit you from moving on. From being a full person. From being a full person. Because you're having a relationship, whether it's intimate or friendly, with a computer. And who's to say what comes after that? If yeah. they give it the ability to th- create its own responses and to have its own thoughts, that's artificial intelligence. That's AI. And then we go down to Terminator level. Then we're all screwed. <laughs> <laughs> this is the decline of humanity. Well, you know, they say a lot of stuff in sci-fi movies, like old sci-fi movies, created cell phones because they Absolutely. created the idea. Yeah. And a bunch of like, if you put in a sci-fi movie, it'll probably exist. It'll happen. Down the road. Star Wars, they had telephone things on their wrist in Empire, Stri- and sorry, in Empire Strikes Back. That was like one of the first ideas of, not the first, I'm sorry, but like that helped further the idea of cell phones. Like that idea, like you just said, like that's a perfect like example of that. Smart watches, that's exactly what it is. It's like an Apple watch on Luke's wrist in the Empire Strikes Back when he's talking to Han Solo on top, on the back of his Tauntaun. <laughs> Sorry, oddly specific moment there. I just nerded out really hard. But you're absolutely right. Sci-fi has kind of... All the writers of sci-fi have kind of paved the way for technology. Well, yeah. If you if you think it, if you bring that idea into the world, then someone else is going to go, I'm going to take that idea and do this with it. Yep, someone latches on. And they build it. And here we are. We will see Terminators in less than 20 years. Great. We're all dead. <laughs> The machines will rise. All right, moving along. <laughs> the machines will rise. <laughs> Article published January 20th of 2021 by Gavin Butler on Vice News. A 21-year-old man awoke from a months-long induced coma on Wednesday of whatever week this was to find homicide detectives standing at his bedside. They were there to charge him with the murder of his girlfriend. Was this a joke? No, very, very real. And I'm going to butcher this name. 
Waji He was placed into a coma with critical head injuries last June after falling from the fourth floor balcony of his apartment in Wally Creek in South Sydney, Australia. When police visited the apartment the following day, they found the body of He's 19-year-old girlfriend, Liquin Pan, inside. And I know I'm butchering these names and I apologize. Officers allege she'd been badly beaten to death. Oh my gosh. It's not clear whether he's, and again, this is his last name, he's, fall was intentional. But Detective Inspector Robert Allison said, witnesses told us he fell from the fourth floor of a common area, so he was either misadventure or a suicide attempt. He is very, very lucky to be alive, Detective Inspector Allison said. Most people would have not survived. The alleged killer was in a coma for close to seven months and remains in hospital receiving treatment. He and Pan, again, both last names, he and Pan, both originally from China, had been together for two years and were studying in Australia on student visas. Detective Inspector Allison acknowledged how difficult the incident was for Pan's family, who were unable to attend her funeral due to COVID-19 travel restrictions. It's horrific. I really do feel for the family, Allison said. The distance being so far away makes it even more difficult for them, but we are working closely with them. He has been, this man, he, has been refused bail and was due to face court via video link on Wednesday of the week of the 20th. Well, it sounds like a murder-suicide. Yes, murder-attempted suicide. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me, because, and they haven't found, like, anybody else so far that could have potentially done this. Right. And she didn't beat herself to death. No, absolutely not. So, that sounds like that's exactly what it was. But to come out of a seventh-month-long coma, not knowing where you are, what happened, probably doesn't remember anything, and just to have detectives, like, serve him an arrest warrant. <laughs> well, it depends what he remembers or doesn't. Right. And and as we just heard, the article doesn't state whether he remembers right. even jumping off of the fourth-floor balcony. Wild, though, right? Weird. Wild story. <laughs> Very interested to see how they prove he did it or not. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Honorable mentions. Number one, Joe Exotic now wants President Biden to pardon him. He's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, Trump said no. Now Trump's out of office. Okay, so now he wants Biden to do it. The only president in the history of presidents that would even consider pardoning letting, Joe Exotic. Yes. Would have been Trump. I'm sorry. That was your last hope. I... <laughs> Biden's got other things to worry about. He's trying to get a hundred. Uh, he's trying to get a very a large amount of Americans vaccinated in the first hundred days of his presidency. He so. got work to do. He's got work to do. He's not concerned about you. No. Which brings us right into number two. Amazon offers Biden help to speed up vaccination distribution. How? So Amazon is like the world leader. Oh, in I see. Distribution. Like they're shipping. Yeah. And they're shipping and how quickly they can get you things. So they've offered to help him. That's cool. Isn't that? I think it would be very interesting if Biden says yes. I'm surprised Jeff Bezos. Bezos. Yeah, I know. Exactly. And the article says, so I clicked through that article and it even said, now Amazon's not exactly the best company in the world. No, because their leader is just a little bit of a... Money-grubbing asshole? Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, he figured out how to get packages to you very quickly. And that's the thing. That's what he's good at. They're the best at it in the world. So it makes perfect sense. I think it's really smart that they would offer their help. I'm just surprised that he's willing to give out any help to anyone. Right. But, I, yeah. But I guess also this could be helping him 
in the idea Jeff Bezos is the one delivering vaccinations. That, and also, he's probably just as sick of this pandemic as anyone else. He's got, also, on top of that, he's sitting on so much money. There's so many things he could do, but he can't right now. He can't go do it because he's, yeah, because of COVID. It'd be very interesting if Biden says yes. I mean, it's probably something he's definitely considering. Yeah, it could literally be sent to your door. And they wouldn't do it that way. Well, you can't do it that way because you got to get it. Right. But, like, Amazon's just that good. At delivering things. Right. They could single hand they that one company could single handedly deliver vaccinations to every person in America. True. <laughs> in like two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Those poor poor employees. And finally number three, Texas woman who took private jet to Capitol Hill riots seeks donations to cover her legal fees. Oh, oh you poor little beep. <laughs> Oh, didn't even bother clicking into that one because I don't care. She's silly. What a silly, silly woman. I like seeing the people that are getting arrested for that. That were like, what? How was this happening? Your face was all over Facebook. Number one. The news everywhere. Literally. You are literally. You trended on Twitter. Everyone knows your face. Doing something illegal. Exactly. (laughs) But now she wants the world to help her pay for her legal fees. You have a private jet. Sell your jet. Yeah, for real. Private jets are expensive. Uh, exactly. I looked Sell it your up. jet. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> I was curious. <laughs> get a private jet for all of our trips to New York. Can we get a little one? I don't know. Can we, no, can we, we swing can't. it? No, we can't. <laughs> we can't swing it, Emily. <laughs> my my uncle, who's a photographer, who makes a decent amount of money, can afford to be a part of a club that like 10 people own an airplane. I think we can swing it. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, we don't need to. We have nowhere to go now. Exactly. There's no. Just fly around in the air anyway. You can't land. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. That's all my stuff for this week. Fun. Some interesting. There were some interesting stories this week. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly. The world did not fail me this week. Could. Well, <laughs> fail a lot of other people. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Shall we move right along to our peaks and pits, Emily? You can lead the charge on that if you're ready. Okay. Um, I guess my peak this week is I'm getting a little, especially with it being winter, I'm getting a little stir crazy in this apartment. That's your peak? No, I mean, that's my pit. Okay. I was like, "Eh." (laughs) I miss being able to go outside and I want to run again. Yeah. I got to figure out a way to run. Yeah. I tell you, we need an elliptical. We can lower it from the ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) That would involve a lot more work than you think. (laughs) We'll rig it like you would... Something for the stage. <laughs> well, yeah, we're gonna, so we're going to build a fly system in our living room? Yeah. <laughs> we know people. <laughs> well, we do. <laughs> we do. Technically, yes, we could do it, but we're not going to. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. And my peak this week is I just saw today that in the news, doctors just found over 2 million more vaccines because so each vaccine comes in like a little bottle mm-hmm. and they've got... It says there's five vaccines in each bottle, mm-hmm. but doctors were finding that they could get six or seven out of each bottle. Interesting. Because of the, um, whatever the syringe thing, you know, yeah. that they use, they were, they found that they were pulling out six or seven, but you couldn't use the last ones because the FDA only approved five for each bottle. So they rushed it through the FDA to make it. So it says there's six dosha, doses in each bottle. So now... We have an extra 200 million. That's incredible. Vaccines that they're 
so now they're ahead way ahead from what they thought they were so hopefully that just was like oh maybe maybe we'll all get vaccinated faster than we think yeah that's incredible i hadn't heard that yet wow very cool okay what you now yeah. <laughs> now you <laughs> what you well my peak this week is a big fat welcome to president joe biden <laughs> welcome 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 happy to have you here and i've honestly been sitting thinking about a pit and i can't get to one well that's okay yeah i genuinely am like had a good week <laughs> perfectly content with how things are going for me personally right now so <laughs> other than you know the generic everyday everyday stuff. stock stuff nothing like really it's getting me down well, i guess i could say that yes i would like for the world to turn back on so that i can get back to doing well, what yeah, i like to do but realistically things are okay right now things are okay i think that's a perfectly acceptable answer lovely thanks wife mm-hmm. well then was there anything, any last minute things you wanted to tell them or remind them of? Um, no, just thank you for listening. Uh, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us at Gray the Podcast, and you can find me at Emily Subanks and underscore. You can find Dylan at underscore Dylan un- Michael. At underscore Dylan <laughs> underscore Michael. I will be changing it very soon so that we don't have to deal with this anymore. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. Tell a friend. Tell a friend, look out for that website. Again, that will be posted yep. on February 1st. February 1st. And the, URL will be, and the URL will be posted in every bio for every episode, past and future. So keep your eyes on the prize for that. Some fun things on there. Yeah, have a, have a great week. Emily, what has this been? A Penny Approved Podcast. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Toodles.